Behold thy mother. Three wonderful words of tenderness spoken by the Saviour at the cross. And these words have brought great dignity to motherhood. Motherhood, the dignity of motherhood. Let's bow together, please, for a short word of prayer. We thank you, O Lord, for the mothers in our service today. We pray your blessing upon them. We pray indeed your blessing upon each one of us, Father, as we gather around the Scriptures now for a short time. The service will soon be over. The benediction will soon be pronounced. We will leave your house. But we're praying, Lord, that you would come now and teach us. Pray that you would speak to us. Pray, dear Father, that the Holy Spirit will be our guide, that he would guide our thoughts, our words, as we consider this great text for Mother's Day. And we ask it in the Saviour's name. Amen. Amen. Behold thy mother. One of the seven sayings of the cross. Some time ago, we had a special week of meetings in the church with, uh, under the subject of the seven sayings or the seven cries from the cross. And I want us to come back today to this one saying from the cross. As the Lord Jesus hangs upon Calvary in excruciating pain, his physical sufferings were horrendous, but his spiritual sufferings were also horrendous. In fact, they were worse because he was bearing our sins. He was becoming the great scapegoat and he was becoming the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. All our iniquity was being led upon him. But even in the midst of his agony, he was thinking of his mother. He showed his love for his mother. You know, isn't it an awful thing to treat your mother wrongfully? Isn't it a despicable thing to do, disgraceful thing to do, is to treat your mother in a disrespectful, ungrateful way? After all that the mother has done for the son or the daughter, for them to turn round and to treat their mother in an unbecoming way. It's something that would make your blood boil, wouldn't it? Sadly, it does happen. When we come to John 19, when we come to this great statement by the Savior, we've got three things. We've got law, we've got a lady, and we've got a lie. Law, lady, and lie. The law, first of all, the law. The Lord Jesus, when he said, Behold thy mother to John, the beloved disciple, he was thinking about his mother. He was more or less, if I can paraphrase it, he was more or less saying to John, John, there she is. Look at her, my mother, my earthly mother. John, I want you to take care of her. John, I want you to become her carer. 
What, I said law, what's that got to do with it? The law of God, Ten Commandments, in particular, specifically, law number five, the fifth commandment, what does it say? Honor thy father and thy mother. What was the Lord Jesus doing here when he said, Behold thy mother? He was keeping the fifth commandment. He was honoring the law. He was keeping the law. Of course, we know that the Lord Jesus kept all ten commandments, not just the fifth commandment. But isn't it wonderful here to think about how he honored his mother? How he was interested in her. He wanted her to be cared for. He wanted her to be provided for. And so he entrusts her to his beloved disciple. And he says, Behold thy mother. In Isaiah chapter 42, we're told that the Messiah would magnify the law and make it honorable. The Lord Jesus Christ came into this world to die for our sins. But before he could die for our sins, he had to live for our redemption. You see, in the book of Romans, it tells us that we are saved by his life. Think about that. We're saved by his life. That's the 33 years he lived upon this earth. Folks, we are not just saved by his death and by the shedding of his blood on Calvary. We are also saved by his life, by his sinless life, by his spotless life, by that life that was holy and undefiled. You see, he did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. We could never fulfill the law. We can't uh, achieve the demands of the law. We can't fulfill the law of God. We, We can't climb up to heaven by the law of God. It's impossible. Wasn't it J.C. Ryle, the Bishop of Liverpool, who said that trying to earn your weight into heaven is like trying to climb a rope of sand? It just can't be done. But the Lord Jesus, he did what we could never do. He kept the law. And here he is. Specifically, he's keeping the commandment number five, honor thy mother. What a saviour he is that he magnified the law. In Romans chapter 5, it speaks of one man's disobedience. That's Adam. You remember when Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden, and uh, the the Lord said, Now you can eat of every tree in the garden, just enjoy it all, all the trees. Enjoy the luxury, enjoy the, the, the beauty, the abundance of it all. But, but all I ask is that just one tree, that tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that out of love for me that you refrain from it. But you see, we all know what happened. Adam and Eve couldn't resist. And they took of the forbidden fruit. 
and they disobeyed. And perhaps some of us here today think, oh, if I had been there, I, would have, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have taken the fruit from the tree. I would have kept the law. Well, I hope that you're not thinking that, because if you are, you're deluded. Because if you were, had been there in Eden, you'd have done the same as our first parents. If I had been there, I would have done the same as our first parents. They broke the law. But the second Adam, the Lord Jesus, he came into the world and he kept the law. And it says in Romans chapter 5, yes, one man's disobedience, that's Adam. But then another man's obedience, that's Christ. By his obedience, we are justified, we are saved. So today we rest Yes, upon Calvary's finished work, but we rest upon the righteousness of Christ that he provided for us by his sinless life. He kept the law. And as it says in another verse in the book of Romans, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. When we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, when we put our faith in him for time and eternity, then God credits to our account all his righteousness. It's so simple. It's just like what happened to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. He believed God and was accounted to him for righteousness. It's a banking term, a financial term. God withdrew condemnation from Abraham's record and he credited righteousness to it. A righteousness that Abraham didn't have. But it was the righteousness of the Lord Jesus who would come in a future day. Do you know the Bible says that Abraham rejoiced to see the Lord's day, the day of Christ? He rejoiced to see it. He thought about it. He knew about it. There's, there's a Savior coming who, who will keep the law. Fifth commandment and the other nine commandments. And he'll do it all for me. And Abraham believed in that future Messiah. The law. Oh, in the words of Christ, behold thy mother. We see the law that he kept. But moving on to the lady, the lady. John, behold thy mother. John, I want you to treat this lady now as if she was your own mother. Adopt her, John, as your, your mother. Take her home and care for her. She's now your responsibility. I want you to take her under your wing. You see, the Lord Jesus was providing for his mother by saying, Behold thy mother, and by entrusting her to John, he was providing for her. Isn't he the great provider? He always provides for his people. Did he not provide for Israel in the wilderness? Manna, water from the rock, 
the quails that flew into the camp? Did he not provide for Elijah at the brook Cherith? Excuse me, Mr. Raven. There's a prophet of mine. He's at the brook. He's hiding from a wicked king and a wicked queen. And I have a work for him. Mr. Raven, and you too, Mrs. Raven, would you go and you, would you bring bread and meat to him morning and evening? You do know that ravens are an unclean animal in the Bible. The Lord used unclean people or unclean birds. That's why I know he uses unclean people. People are unclean in themselves, but the blood of Jesus is applied to them and then the Lord uses them. The Lord uses the Sunday school teachers. The Lord uses... Everyone involved in the work here in the church. Everyone who has a part. If I started to mention different roles of the church, I'd leave somebody out and I don't want to do that today. But I'm glad that even the Lord uses the man standing behind the sacred desk this morning with all his uncleanness. But I'm glad today that for the person who cries, unclean, unclean. The the wonderful saviour of sinners. He comes and he applies his own blood. Then he comes and he fills with his spirit. And then he uses. Now the reason I say all that is because just in case there's somebody here today who's thinking, oh, the Lord could never use me. I could never do anything for him. Don't believe that lie of the devil. He can use you. Oh, but I can't do this. I can't do that. Oh, but I've messed up my life. I have a lot of baggage, pastor. It doesn't matter. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. So the Lord used the ravens. I could mention a list of people from the Bible the Lord used that were unworthy. They didn't have it all together. They didn't get up every morning and polish their halo. Anybody, by the way, who does get up and polish their halo, the Lord doesn't use them. He takes broken people and he uses them for his glory. You know, he even used the Apostle Paul... And when you hear this, do you know what they said about Paul's preaching? They said it was contemptible. His speech is contemptible. See, he can't even preach. He's, he's, he's rubbish at speaking. He can hardly string a sentence together. He's really, he's, he's not much of a preacher. Maybe we should, you know, get, another, get somebody else or get another preacher. But compared to the Apostle Paul... Don't we feel like pygmies, spiritual pygmies? You remember some weeks ago we said, whom the Lord uses, he bruises. Do you feel bruised today? Has life battered you? Is the devil battering you today? Has he battered you this past week? Join the club. 
the Lord has a great plan for your life, for the remainder of your life. And that's not just a trite expression. It's true. And you know that I love to say that we are immortal till our work is done. Immortal. The lady, the Lord provide. He provides for Israel in the wilderness, Elijah at the brook. He provided for Samson. Remember Samson killed the lion and then he came back. Guess what was inside the carcass? Honey. The Lord provided honey for Samson with all his faults. And then not only did he provide honey for Samson, but then he said, Here, Samson, you're thirsty. Have a drink of water from the jawbone of an ass. You see, let's remember, folks, that the one who was hanging upon the cross, the one who said, Behold thy mother, he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider and your provider. He provides for his people. Are you worried about the price of fuel for your car? Not quite sure why why the price is so high. People talk about the war, but saw something from the land of Kenya out in Africa and the fuel out there is a pound cheaper than over here and they get their fuel from the same source as we do. Wouldn't be anything to do with duty, fuel duty. Far be it for me to say that. But are you worried? Are you worried today? Oh, the price of fuel. I'm not going to be able to drive. Not going to be able to get to my destination. The Lord will provide. He always provides. Whether it's fuel for your car, home heating oil. Oh Lord, I'm not going to be able to heat the house. Electricity, the gas, the bills. The prices just keep rocketing up. Well, it doesn't matter how far they rocket. It doesn't matter how high they go. The Lord will provide. You see... The cattle upon a thousand hills are his. And even the hills are his too. The great provider, the lady that he provided for. But then the the lie, there's the lie. You notice the Lord Jesus sends his mother away from the cross. Sends her away. If you look there, better look at John 19 again. Verse 27. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. She's taken away from the scene immediately. The Lord sends his mother away with John that instant from the cross. You notice that in verse 26, he refers to her as woman. Woman, behold thy son. He, you notice, please notice, he didn't say mother, behold thy son. As he referred to his mother, he called her woman. Now, it was still a term of respect. He wasn't being disrespectful. 
But he, he didn't use the term mother for a reason. He's beginning to distance himself from his earthly mother now because the Saviour knew that a lie would soon be foisted upon Christendom. The lie. What is the lie? The lie that Mary is a redeemer, a mediator along with Christ. We're talking now about Mariolatry. The worship of Mary. Exalting Mary, setting Mary up as equal with the Savior. The lie. And that lie has been around now for a considerable period of time. A dogma of the Roman Catholic Church. Do you know if you go to the city of Rome today, well, you'll probably not go today, but in the city of Rome today is the Church of Mary Maggiore. We say Mary Major in English. But in, in that church, there's a crucifix in the courtyard of the church, a crucifix, and on one side is our Lord hanging there on the cross, but on the other side is the Virgin Mary, also hanging on the cross. And the idea is that Mary is equal with Christ and she's making atonement for our sins and she's providing redemption for our sins, just the same as the Savior. But it's a lie. It's not true. Because the Lord Jesus Christ alone is the Savior. And so you can see what the Lord Jesus is doing here. He's sending Mary away from the cross. It's a pity she's not away from that cross in, in Mary Maggiore in Rome. She's on the cross with Christ. But the Lord knew the lie that was going to come upon the church and Christianity as the years went by. Rome would come up with a dogma that Mary is just as good a savior as Jesus. Mary is just as much a redeemer as Christ. The lie. And there's still a lot of people are deluded by that lie today. Do you know if you go to the city of Vichy in France and in a particular cathedral there's a mural on the roof and there's a, a, a painting of, of Jesus but a much bigger painting of Mary. Beside Jesus is John 3.16. We know it so well, don't we? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But beside the much bigger picture of the Virgin Mary are the words of St. Bernard. It is the will of God that we should receive all things through Mary. The lie. We don't receive all things through Mary. In fact, we don't receive anything through Mary. Mary was a wonderful lady. She was a lady that 
was a fine Christian. She is a lady, a woman from the Bible that we should respect and admire. But remember what it says in Luke chapter 1. Blessed art thou among women, not blessed art thou above women. No, no, the scriptures don't exalt her. They don't lift her up above other uh, biblical women. No, she's on the same level. And that's what the Lord was doing in picture form. It was a kind of an object lesson at the cross. When he sent her away with the beloved disciple. You see, everything that we need, we find in Christ himself. Don't we sing that hymn sometimes? In Christ alone, my hope is found. One of the pillars of the Reformation was solus Christus. A Latin term that means Christ alone. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. No other hope. No other plea. He took my place. Not Mary. He took my place and died for me. O precious Lamb of Calvary, he took my place and died for me. I want us to turn to hymn number 68 as we finish today. It's a hymn that refers to mothers. Number 68. And a great hymn by the German hymn writer, not Martin Luther, but another Martin. Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices who wondrous things hath done, in whom his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Remember we said at the start of the message that it's a terrible thing to treat your mother wrongfully. wonder is there anyone in the service today who has done that? Or perhaps another law, one of the other Ten Commandments you can think of. And when you measure yourself against those commandments, you say, I fall far short, Lord. I've failed, I've sinned, I've broken your law. Well, thank God you can come today not to our Lord's mother, but to our Lord himself, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can come at the end of the meeting as we sing this hymn. And you can say, Lord, forgive me. You are the Redeemer, Lord. You're the Mediator, the Savior, and there's no one but you. And Lord, I come to you today and I want the rest of my life to be lived for your glory. Will you do that today? Mother's Day. What a day to be saved. You'd never forget it, would you? 
Number 68, let's stand as we sing. Let's all stand. <clears throat> 